When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Creator Trade Podcast. Hope you guys had an amazing week. Today, I've got candle maker, um, business coach, and much, much more, Ianthamaru. And before we even get started, I want to encourage everyone who's listening here, if you haven't seen Iantha's Clapper, she just put out the most interesting flipping video I've seen in a long time. I highly recommend. Um, how's it going, Iantha? It's going good. And I'll help you with the pronunciation of my name, which I I want to tell you first off, you're brave to even attempt it. It's such a hard name and it's so weird for people to see it spelled and then hear it. And most people think I'm saying Beyonce when I introduce myself. So my name is pronounced Ianthe, like Beyonce, Ianthe. And it comes from a poem and it's ancient Greek. And yes, I just wanted to help you with that because I know my name is unusual. I, and I had to, I have to help people pronounce it a lot. <laughs> I've actually heard you pronounce yeah. your name on one of your videos. So I'm sorry that I completely uh, messed that up. Um, so Ionte. You didn't complete. No, no, it was close. Ionte. Yes. Perfect. Ionte, um, Would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and then we'll hop into some questions? Not at all. Um, So I was born into a very creative family. My mother was a famous flamenco dancer that toured the world. And my father was a composer and poet who then became a flamenco guitarist in order to accompany my mom. And when I was born, my father was finishing his PhD in music at Harvard University. So I was born into this super intellectual creative vibe family with friends from all over the world. So I never really knew where I fit in because we had so many different influences. And I, I would say that that's what I like to start with when you ask about me, because that then influenced every decision I made in my life. And it's really the reason why I'm able to do what I do, because my parents sent me to school in elementary school with a button on that said, question authority. (laughs) And that's how my life started. (laughs) So I've always been that person that you can call me a unicorn. You can call me, um, I don't know what else. You're welcome to fill in the blank. But um, the idea that we can think for ourselves and we're autonomous beings has been something that that were were core values in my home. And I'm so grateful for that. And I would say the other thing about me is that... um, Well, I always knew because of that, I always knew I would be an entrepreneur. I could never work for anybody. And in fact, the very first job I ever had, I was 15 and a half years old and I was fired. And it's the only job I've been fired from in my life. And the reason I was fired is because I insisted on giving free yogurt at the yogurt shop to friends and people that looked like they just needed a little extra smile. Apparently, you're not allowed to do that when you work for a corporation. So I had to create my own work where I could actually share and give and be super generous without a corporate person behind me saying, no, you can't do that. (laughs) That, 
And I'm a mother. I'm a mother of two. I just want to add this. So super important. I am a mother of two. I am also the bonus mom. I don't like to say stepmom. It has negative connotations. I am the bonus mom to two others. And now the bonus grandmother to two babies. So that journey is partly what I think you were alluding to in the earlier video that I posted today on Clapper. Um, it's a, it was a long story, which started with three miscarriages and a lot of uncertainty and a lot of fear. And then a psychic reading that predicted I would end up having my son and daughter, which I did. I am actually going to put the exact, cause I can, I'm also going to put it to your regular clapper, but I'm going to put that video's exact link because by the time this goes up, I don't know if people will be able to find it. So I'm going to put the exact link to that video because that is an incredible story. Um, I wanted to start with something that you put into your uh, about on your new uh, business coaching website. It says that you have been an actor and a writer, although I haven't been able to find any chronology on that. What have you uh, acted in or is that like something different? Oh, yeah. No, you know why you haven't been able. No, you haven't been able to find it because my name has changed three times. (laughs) So. Um, I will get you the link so you can see, but I was on an episode of Saturday Night Live. So that's sort of my big, that's the big claim to fame, Saturday Night Live, SNL. I was on an episode, it was in the early 90s. It was Christina Applegate was the guest host. And the, so those of you that don't know her, she has a new show, a new series. It was like a mini series. that's actually really cool called um, Dead to Me. And she was on, um, married with children for years in the 80s and 90s, early 90s. She was the guest host. I was on a short film that was on Saturday Night Live, so I got to be on that episode. I was also, I did a lot of of commercials and promos for NBC television. I did a commercial for Nescafe where I was flown to Vienna and got to shoot with a famous cinematographer who actually shot Judge Dredd. Um, That was really fun. And we got to shoot in Austria for that commercial. I did a lot of theater, mostly Shakespeare. I went to a conservatory called Pacific Conservatory Performing Arts, and I got to play Anne Frank, one of my heroes, while I was there at the theater. Um, I also would, I started to um, host storytelling events, and then I became a drama teacher for a private high school. So I also did that. And what else can I tell you? And then I became a stylist. You know, I was thinking, actually, Trey, I was actually thinking, it's so interesting to have people say all the different careers and things they did in their life. And I started to think of them and going through them. So I just, I just named a bunch, right? Then I was, after I was a stylist, also I was a model when I was an actor, then I was a stylist and then I was a professional nanny. And then I was also simultaneously a hostess at a restaurant. And then I got to uh, be, and I was the drama teacher and then mom, and then I created a storytelling event, mommy and me class so that I could be with my babies, but also work at the same time called World Dance Party, which was an immersion into world cultures for babies. And what else have I done? I feel like I'm forgetting and leaving stuff out. Oh, I was, I was, a, um, when I was a stylist, I also worked in the garment district and that got me into the retail world, sales and merchandising. And then I started my candle business in 2009 and that's what I've been known for most recently. Absolutely. I, that is such an interesting story as well. The fact that you found that a lot of your um, candles that you had been burning had been toxic. 
how did that come about, if you don't mind me asking? Like, Not at did... all. Um, I was, yeah, I found out because I've always been obsessed with candles and I always had candles in every room. I would give candles as gifts. And then I was diagnosed with two autoimmune diseases and one of them was Graves' disease. And the Graves' disease was really bad and I was allergic to the only medication. So I ended up having to go through radioactive iodine treatment and it was very scary time. I was on beta blockers. My heart was racing. I couldn't keep on weight. I was having insomnia. I literally was wasting away. It was so scary. My heart just racing. And so at that point, I said, I can't just depend on the medical world. I have to look into holistic as well. And I always, because of how I was raised, I was raised with homeopathy. I was raised with Bach flower remedies. I was raised with mindset being part of a very important factor in health. And as I started to look at what, well, what could contribute to autoimmune disease, it kept coming up with toxicity, toxicity, where in your life do you have, are there toxins? And dang, I found out candles are toxic. And I just, I was like, no, I can't, no, don't take away my gorgeous candles. And so because I was so obsessed with candles and found out most of the conventional candles are toxic and could have been contributing to my problems, instead of getting rid of all candles, I got rid of all candles and found a way to make them so that I would be safe to burn them. That is absolutely great. That is one of the biggest brands you are known for, but it doesn't just do candles, right? I thought I saw perfumes and stuff like that as well. How did you get into those areas? Well, as soon as, and I love your questions, as soon as I launched the candle line, I launched with just three cents at first and the way that I went about fragrance. So I had this, this concept of, I can't now at the time in 2009, see now you can walk into Michael's and start a candle company. You can get things off the shelf. They have fragrances and ways to make them. In 2009, this was not the case. I had to do the research. I had to figure out, well, how do I, how do I do this? And how are fragrances created that work in candles that would be safe to burn? And as I was doing all the research, I realized I'm not, this isn't something off the shelf. I have to make this. And I have a sophisticated enough nose and I am a storyteller by nature with everything that I, that I do. So immediately I wanted to tell a story through the fragrances. And I found a fragrance house in the U S that I found a great rep and the two of us worked together and I told the story I wanted to tell through sense. And as soon as I started to tell the story, I could, I could immediately, it's like, I have a, I talk about it this way. I have a library of fragrances in my brain and I found out not everyone has this. I thought it was normal. I thought this is what everybody has, right? Like, like, you know, the second you think of something, you know what that thing would equate to in the fragrance world. But I found out not everybody has that. So I utilize that tool that I have naturally. And I thought, for instance, an example, I wanted the first scent to be about the feeling that you get when you're giving someone a gift. And remember, I told you I love giving gifts. And that's why I got fired from my first job. Okay, so that goes back to that. I wanted to make a fragrance that reminded people that they are gifted and that gifts are something that is innate in us and it, it can change someone's life to give a gift and to know and to receive and to know that you're gifted. So my first fragrance was called Gifted. Now, how do you equate that to a scent? Well, I went to my mother is um, from, she has a Native American background, which means I do too. I don't look like I do, so I don't talk about it very much. But my mom literally has a card. She is from Apache Nation. She has my great 
grandmother was full mescalero Apache. So my mom has all these traditions she's handed down. And one of them was the gift. They would give a gift of tobacco. So I thought, okay, there needs to be tobacco leaf in this scent because that's equated. You see how the thought then goes to the scent. So I knew tobacco leaf would be what we call the low note. And in fragrance, there's a high note, a mid note and a low. Then the mid note, I was thinking, okay, what would that be? It'll be something that will be sustaining, something that is refreshing. Okay, fig, fresh fig. So then I added that because I thought it needed to be a fruit, but I wanted it to be a fruit that wasn't too sweet. So then the, the fig and tobacco made sense. And then what was the other gift for me? It's the art of sitting down together and having tea. So tea became the top note. So it's white tea, fig, and tobacco. And that's how the story became a fragrance. That's so awesome. You actually remind me of <laughs> an interview I did a while ago with uh, Hecatate. She uh, said that one of the biggest things in magic, and everything is magic, I'm sure you have heard before, but is uh, connections, the way you connect things and the way you said that tobacco is given as a gift made you think of gifts in the candle made me think of that. Um, my next question for you, though, is leading into something that um, your question also made me think of. Do you equate, how do you think product creation equates with art? Oh, I love that question. Seriously? Oh, I've never been asked that. Well, to borrow from you a little bit, in a way, everything can be art. So it's how you look at it and it's how you create it. So what I just described, for instance, that's creating a product, but that is 100% art. It's an artistic process to take a story and develop it into something tangible that people can then relate to. So that is a form of art. A product business in general may not necessarily be art just by virtue of it being a product. It's how, it's the intention behind it. It's the why. That's the difference between is it just a product or is it art? That's awesome. Um, so when I was reading, I don't know if you ever, uh, have you ever looked into Leonardo da Vinci? Not, uh, not yes, really. oh, of yes. course. Okay, sorry, I can't see if you're not. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I read How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci, and he mentioned uh, synesthesia or the combining of the senses. Do you think that your scent library, as you call it, um, is a form of synesthesia? And because this is just making connections for me, do you think that memories or I guess maybe intentions connect to that as well? Oh my goodness, a hundred percent. And here's the thing about scent. First of all, it creates memory and you all, we all know, and anybody listening to this knows there is a scent that you will get, like something will waft by your nose and you'll go, oh, that's my grandma. Or you'll be so off put it by it. Cause you'll say that was my first, oh, that was that friend that was such a bully. And that was mean to me that wore that scent and oh no, 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 no. So you get a really clear memory from scent. And that's because it is hardwired to the brain out of all the senses. And this is just a scientific fun, fun side note. It doesn't have to travel through the whole nervous system before it goes to the brain, because there are sensors that literally attach inside right here, just go from the nose right here. So you're immediately 
connecting to this, the fragrance will connect you immediately to a thought it was connected to before. It will also create a new pathway. So if you smell something amazing, like we're doing this interview right now, let's say you had one of my candles burning. Let's say you had the gifted candle burning on your desk at the moment while we're doing this, you would next time you smell it, you're going to think of me in this interview. Right. Absolutely. A vivid memory and a scent kind of intermingle. A hundred percent. Yes. And I love that about Da Vinci. I had not heard that before. Um, yeah, that book, I really recommend it, actually. It's all about um, Da Vincian creativity. I don't know if I'm saying that right, um, but I found it extremely you, interesting. You said it perfectly. Um, so you're moving on from Objects with Purpose now and getting into the um, business coaching route. If I understood your uh, video correctly, you felt like products were kind of hindering you. Having to focus on a product was hindering you. Is that correct? It is so correct. And I'll tell you why it was hindering me. Because it keeps me from the thing that that really sets me on fire, to use a candle pun, and that opens my heart, and that is helping other people. And what I found, and I discovered this during COVID, when I was on an app called Clubhouse, and I found that as soon as I opened up what they call a room, which is a social audio space, and I wrote um, all things candles, questions answered, and I had hundreds and hundreds of women pour in there saying, thank you, we need advice, we wanted to start a candle business out of our homes because our jobs are furloughed or we lost our jobs and we can't afford beautiful candles, but we can't stand the depression that comes with having a home that doesn't have candles. They're mood uplifters. We need them help. And it was like, I answered that call. And ever since then, so basically since 2020, I've wanted to make this pivot into coaching, but I hate the word coach. And I don't like the whole coaching world because to me, it's a lot of platitudes, cliches, um, it's taking people's money when they're in a vulnerable state and want help. I can't stand that stuff. So I had to come to a place where I was really ready to disrupt that whole scenario and come to it in a mentorship kind of way that made sense so that I could really help people. And now I'm ready. Incredible. I'm so excited. This is going to send you up even further um thank you so much <laughs> thank you thank you and it's just nice i, I want to add before you say anything um i was really looking forward to this and i had no i had a sense so i had an intuitive hit that when you asked me i didn't look into who you were really i didn't i just saw you in some spaces but my gut said say yes to this because this is a person who's also working from a heart-centered place and you are so safe to be in an interview with this person and it will help solidify what it is that you want to share and your message will come through. So I want you to know that I'm feeling that right now and you're a wonderful interview viewer. So thank you. Thank you so much. That means a ton. M moving right along to my next question, I've noticed um, that your a lot of your stories on your website are written from the third person perspective. Did you write those stories or did you have some, did you hire someone? I wrote them. So I am a writer. 
I've actually been published and um, I have this, I always, it's funny because, and I am stepping into this now where it's okay for me to say, I'm this, I'm that, I've done this. But I think, especially as women, we've been taught to be humble and that it's bragging if we talk too much about our our accomplishments. So I was in a women's writing group and, and it was very exciting because it was all women who graduated from the New York Tisch Writers School at NYU. I was the only one that didn't have a degree in writing and I was let in because of my writing. And it was such an incredible time where I got to write so much. I started a memoir, a novel. I never finished any of them because that's when my whole divorce and health crisis started and I haven't gone back yet, but I will. But it was during that time that I gained the confidence again in writing. And it's because I was raised with two writers. Like I said, my father and my mother, both poets and writers. It was just something that naturally you do in my home. And I'm that kid that whenever there was an English class and the teacher would say, okay, everybody, we're going to have to do an in-class essay right now. And this is going to be half your grade. I'd be like, yes. And everybody else would say, no. (laughs) So yeah, I wrote, I wrote everything that's on there. And I guess my big writing claim to fame is that I wrote a piece that ended up um, it's in Maria Shriver's Sunday paper, which is a pretty big circulation. I also wrote a piece that ended up in the New York times magazine on a full page. And that was back in before I had kids that was in the early nineties, but the Maria Shriver was just a few years ago. That's crazy. That is, that is just so awesome. The amount of work you've done is incredible from writing to doing all the stuff you do on Clapper and other social media to now the groups that you're working with, how do you manage to keep it all balanced or how do you manage your time even? It's, um, I love that question and I want to help people with this to understand. If you have children, if you have people you live with who have any sort of mental illness or mood instability that you're helping, if you're helping an aging parent, any of these things, which all of them I have gone through, I don't want you to take a look at what I'm doing and think, oh no, how can I do that? You need to be where you are and pay attention to who, where you're needed most in your life. I'm in a season right now. If you would have met me a few years ago, I was doing it differently. Right now, I'm an empty nester. I don't, we don't have children at home. My mother was living with us for a year, but just moved out and is trying to be on her own again. And I am at this point where I have this wide open landscape available to me. I'm so privileged to have that every day where I get to go where my energy wants to go. And right now I'm craving community. So being in Clapper, creating a group, doing videos every day, it's just easy for me. It's what is giving, it's feeding me. And the second it's not, and my energy feels pulled and yucky, which it has in some groups, I just take a back seat. I just stop. Absolutely. And managing our energy and kind of paying attention to that is so important. It's the reason that a lot of people either stray from either too far into the work or too far into the other areas. Um, do you have you ever looked into uh, human design? I am a manifesting generator. Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> That's awesome. I got my human. Yeah. I actually had my human design reading and work in 2014. And then I left it alone for a while because it didn't, I wasn't ready to fully absorb it. And now I've come back full circle and I just booked a session with a human design expert. I met through Clapper that I'm about to do a one-on-one and get really into it. That is so awesome. I am a, uh, oh gosh, I keep telling all these people. And then the minute I have it live, I, there it went. <laughs> I've, um, you can I've think of it. Okay. What are you? I am a uh, projector. That's it. I'm a proje- generator projector. You're a projector. Yep. Okay. Beautiful. For some reason, word wouldn't come to mind, but yeah, I am. I am a projector. It's something that I'm interested in too. And one of those things that I'm still working with, even though I haven't really scheduled an uh, in-person or one-on-one with anybody, but yeah, that, that kind of stuff is extremely interesting to me. The way that people are just kind of wired. It is. I totally agree. And, and I actually like to, I don't want to be superstitious. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to tell my subconscious it has to be a certain way because someone tells me I'm this. And I always resisted, for instance, the Zodiac um, astrology thing says I'm a, I'm a Virgo with a Pisces moon. And I tend to resist it. I always go, that doesn't sound like me. But then (laughs) um, the Chinese Zodiac, I am a year of the dog. And I also, I don't know if you know, in Chinese Zodiac, I have a dear friend who's a Chinese Zodiac feng shui expert. And we actually do a monthly check in for everybody to learn the energy um, once a month on Clapper, which I will invite you to. Everyone's invited to. She's amazing. Melissa Yamaguchi. And I know that there's your year, your month, your day and your hour. So I'm actually dog, monkey, tiger, tiger. (laughs) And those, every time she gives me the reading, it's spot on. It's crazy cool. So I'm that. And then the manifesting generator thing. And in Enneagram, I'm a two with a high eight. And on and on and on. And the reason I love these things is because the more we know ourselves, the better we're able to respond from a place of emotional intelligence. Absolutely. That is one thing. A lot of people will call like the Zodiac signs and the other uh, personal quizzes that you get online, even like the uh, Myers-Briggs test and stuff like that. They'll say that that's kind of iffy. But the way I see it is if it uh, resonates with you, it doesn't really matter if there's a scientific basis for it or not. It's true for you. That's right. Absolutely. Well, this has been one hell of a conversation, Iante. Um, I don't have any more questions for you. Is there anything you would like to talk about or Anything you'd like to promote before we finish up? Well, that's very generous. Um, The thing I will promote is if you are struggling, you have a product-based business and you feel like you're wearing every single hat and you're freaking out about it. I have a community I started and it's extremely inexpensive. It's $9.99 a month that we're going to start with. It's a circle of support and it includes a Zoom once a month with me includes a WhatsApp group where we can 24-7 live, you can talk to each other, and it also includes a digital download each month 
on something that has really worked for me in the product business and things to avoid. So I'm very excited about that and building that community because the more people that I can help avoid the mistakes that I made for all the years that I did it, the more I will feel like I've been in service in the way that my heart is calling me to. And I just welcome everyone to remember that we are sensitive beings and your intuition really knows what's best for you and not allow people to give you unsolicited advice. Lean into that intuition. Take those risks that will push you to grow. And one thing I always tell my people that I coach, and I, again, I don't like the word coaching there's the word guide, there's mentor. I've got to come up with a new one, but <laughs> um, I'm like the fairy godmother. I'll be your fairy godmother. Um, I want you to do it scared. So when, when the fear comes up, that is a sign that you are doing something that is going to help you grow. It is natural for it to come up and I want you to do it anyway. And you will thank me. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Back to you, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I will definitely put your uh, links to all your websites down. I know that you're also selling the last of your candles and stuff like that. So I will add all the links to that fun stuff down in the show notes. And yeah, for everyone else, hope you have a wonderful weekend and I will see you next time.